You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Election College, Episode 68, the presidential election of 1976. Will the incumbent who never was elected to national office win? Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Ben, it's 1976, and I don't know about you, but I'm celebrating the Bicentennial. Yeah, I I got my uh, party hats out, and you know... Just doing it up real big with some confetti. Yeah. yeah. A, a certain one of us named me uh, Yeah, actually was born in 1976. And I always kind of felt special because, hey, I had a groovy little, it is the 70s, so I can say groovy. Yeah. A groovy red, white, and blue birth certificate that said, hey, Jason was born in 1976. Woohoo. Did you really? I didn't know they did such a thing. Yeah. And I think they even had special baby blankets and the whole bit. It was kind of a big deal. Man, I know they do like New Year's baby outfits and stuff um, now. Like if you're born on the on the new year, you get a certain little outfit they do. Right. But those are like sponsored by certain companies probably. And they're, of course, you know, paying. Yeah. Hey, I'll sponsor your child. <laughs> <laughs> Will so, it be a Gerber baby? Right. Exactly. Hey, Gerber. Now pay election cut now. So... 1976. This is a pretty big deal. I mean, bicentennial, the world was looking to the United States as a leader in having a democracy, and it seems to be working. Yeah, and 1976 is huge with the bicentennial, and Gerald Ford is front and center with all sorts of crazy events going on and celebrations um, just right out there in front of everybody on national television all the time. It's, It's a cool time. The only thing that isn't cool, though, is if you're Gerald Ford and Mm. you succeeded Richard Nixon after resigning, let's just call it like it is, in disgrace, and Ford pardons President Nixon like a month after he's inaugurated. So no matter how you feel about that, whether it's like, okay, well, he's the president, I'm going to go ahead, just we're not going to have him go to court and 
get thrown in prison, things like that. I'm just going to pardon the guy and let's try to put the scandal behind us. Yeah, you've got to imagine that's a difficult situation to be in because it's like, well, he was just the president. Maybe I should pardon him. Well, what if he actually committed some crimes? Maybe I shouldn't pardon him because that sets a bad precedent. But I know I know if it were me, uh, if I became the president, is there like a way I know you can like pardon people? Is there a way you can like condemn people? Because I would I know this name is going to bring up some uh, bad feelings for you, Jason, but I'd probably go back and condemn. What's that guy's name? Dang it. Don't even. Don't even I say actually, Aaron Burr. <laughs> I, 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 I actually can't remember. Is it Aaron Burr you're talking about? It's Aaron Burr. That's yeah, what I'm talking why about. Did you? you just opened up a whole bunch of wounds that were just <laughs> beginning to close up and heal. I would, I would do the opposite of pardon Aaron Burr read, uh, posthumously. Mm. Is it posthumously or posthumous? Oh, that's a good question that I don't know the answer to. We're, we're trying to get some Twitter engagement, so we'll, we'll see who corrects <laughs> us on that. There you go. So, Gerald Ford pardons Nixon, and you've got people on the left and people on the right saying, Jerry, idiot, you shouldn't have done that. Why did you do that? And they're just going after him. And on the Republican side, you've got Ronald Reagan, who was the former California governor. He's all up in Jerry's business saying, you shouldn't have done that. You're not a true conservative. I'm going to run up against you and win. And then you've got, well, of course you've got the Democrats. So do we want to dive right in and, and talk about who's running against Gerald Ford? Yeah, I think so. And, and then first I'll say that uh, if it hadn't been bad enough that Gerald Ford was part of the administration, the same administration as Nixon and just by default, he kind of looks guilty of, of something, even if he's not. The fact that he goes and then pardons the man uh, really helps taint his image. So uh, anyway, yeah, right into the Democratic Party here. Yeah. So, well, we all know the name Jimmy Carter, right? Mm-hmm. And he is a former state senator. Keep in mind, state senator. And he was the governor of Georgia. So he is also known as a peanut farmer. <laughs> which is kind of cool. Yep. And he was known for being the good Christian candidate. Yeah, and on the national scene anyway, he's pretty unknown. I mean, he he's a he's a pretty big influencer in his state obviously, but he's not one of those governors that's always making the news and that you know of uh pretty much from the time they're elected in that position. So it becomes really interesting when he throws his hat in the ring and starts gaining a lot of traction. Yeah. So you do have uh, several other Democrats who are like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to run, too. You had Harry M. Jackson. He's a senator from Washington. Uh, Congressman Morris Udall uh, from Arizona. Another familiar name, George Wallace, Alabama. He is back in action. And then a very familiar name, California Governor Jerry Brown. So... Those guys, actually, it was anybody was considered a likely candidate over Carter. But you got the scandal going on, right? And anybody who was an establishment candidate is going to be not very popular at this point. So go Jimmy. Yeah, he's a a smart dude because he actually takes advantage of the fact that, hey, I couldn't have possibly have been involved in any of that stuff that happened. (laughs) 
I wasn't even around. <laughs> I was farming peanuts. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Senator uh, Henry Jackson decided, you know what? The Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary, I'm probably just not going to compete in those, <laughs> which, you know, th- now we would definitely consider that political suicide. It was even uh, even a bad idea at that point. And so Jimmy Carter won pretty handily because he's a little closer to being conservative and all the liberal folks split their votes right across the other candidates. So he did pretty well there. Yeah. One of the crazy things about the primary, uh, especially for the Democrats, is this is where we've taken on this, hey, we're going to have a primary or a caucus in every state. Mm -hmm. So uh, by the time you get to the convention, you pretty much know who's going to be the candidate. So some of those guys who were like, you know, Carter is a peanut farmer from Georgia. Don't vote for him. They started a ABC movement, which was anybody but Carter. And so you got this alliance between um, Senator Frank Church and Jerry Brown, uh, the governor of California presently, um, as well as back then. Interestingly enough about Jerry Brown, Ben, did you know that he was the youngest governor of California ever, and now he's the oldest governor of California ever? I wonder how many, I didn't know that, no. I wonder how many governors there were in between his earlier terms and now his later terms. Yeah, there's there's quite a number, and it's an off and on thing. But right. anyway, um, which, hey, listeners, if you want us to talk about governors in the future for election college let us know. That might be an interesting topic. It would be. Anyway, all these ABC campaigns against Carter fall short because Jimmy, he got the delegates. Yeah, by June, when the Democratic convention came around, Jimmy Carter uh, definitely has the nomination on the first ballot. First ballot and uh, then he picks a senator from Minnesota, Walter Mondale. And uh, he is a guy who was kind of a protege of Hubert Humphrey, which we've talked about before, obviously. And um, he, he's just a good, solid running mate. What about the Republican Party, Jason? Do you think we should scoot on over into them? Yeah. The, the, I guess we've already kind of given a little bit of it away, but uh, you got Gerald Ford, the incumbent, the president, who was never, ever, ever elected to national office, but he finds himself the president. So uh, what about this guy? Uh, is he moderate? Is he conservative? Is he liberal? Do we know much about him? Oh, yeah. Well, the American public at the time didn't know a whole lot about him, but uh, we can pretty firmly say he's a Republican, so he's at least kind of conservative, but he's definitely more moderate um, as Republicans go. And of course, like Jason said, he's the president by kind of default almost. And uh, he is up against Ronald Reagan, who pretty much is the conservatives conservative. Like he's the Republican Party's go to guy when it comes to what do conservatives believe again? We forget. And Ronald Reagan's like, here you go and smacks him in the face with it. Right. So Reagan, who was known later on as the great communicator, he's a great communicator, right? Yeah. And he gives Ford a run for his money. And they head to the convention not knowing 
who is going to be the candidate. But guess what? What? Ford wins. So Ford is the candidate. And Nelson Rockefeller, Ford's first VP, was like, I'm out of (laughs) here. I I just don't want a VP. So who else do you decide to have as your VP then? The man himself, Bob Dole. Yeah, Bob Dole. First name that came to my mind, at least. I feel like Nelson Rockefeller has said multiple times now, guys, I don't want to be vice president. And this time, <laughs> actually, I don't even, I, I, I had, to, I have to admit right before this uh, recording, I had to look up how did he become the vice president? Uh, it's not very interesting, but it's just funny that he, he was asked and talked about multiple times to run for president or vice president. He just kept saying no. And here he is as the vice president. Like, Leave me alone. Yeah, guys, come on, stop it. <laughs> so Bob Dole's like, Bob Dole will run for vice president. <laughs> well, I mentioned earlier that uh, Ford had the distinct privilege of being around for the bicentennial and being able to kind of preside over a lot of those events. And this really, it did help him out. He, they they had the queen and uh, the prince of England over for dinner and... Uh, President Ford's like, hey, uh, I know you guys used to own this little land, but we hope you like it now. Here it is. (laughs) We're 200 years old now. Sorry. Yeah. And Washington didn't burn or anything like that. So we're like, in your face, we're a superpower. So what now? (laughs) So Jimmy Carter, he is like, I am a reformer. I am as I was going to say as white as the, I couldn't think of an analogy. So he's, he's doing okay. Yeah. And he's like, I am in no ways one of these Washington crazy people (laughs) who has an agenda. I am your man. So vote for me. Yeah. So after the democratic national convention, Jimmy Carter has this insane 33 point lead over Ford in the polls. Just simply, well, not just simply, but one of the biggest reasons is because of the Watergate scandal, the associations with Nixon, the pardoning. There are price controls on gas that uh, he tried to end and just couldn't make it happen. And basically, he's not doing great. And Jimmy Carter is just racking up the, the supporters as we go. Yeah, he's got the religious people behind him. He's got the Southern people behind him, which keep in mind the last several elections, the Southerners have been like, uh, I don't want to vote Democrat anymore. But Carter's like the man. And there's a couple of things that he did wrong. So one thing that Carter does wrong is that he agrees to an interview with Playboy magazine where he admits to having, quote, lusted in my heart for other women other than his wife. So that kind of ticks off women and evangelical Christians. Well, I mean, I'm sure he just read it for the articles or something. Uh, That's probably what they were doing there. Yeah. Also, there was a uh, televised debate, and it's actually, interestingly, the first televised debate since 1960, uh, at least for the the presidential position, of course. And uh, Ford did really well in that debate, And pretty much everybody thinks Ford is the winner. And Ford just kind of says, well, Carter, you've done good so far, but you're just a guy from 
from Georgia. Sorry, like you don't have the experience to be a national leader. You, you were a little vague on everything, and you know the people are going to see that. So sorry, you can go back to your peanut farm now. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what, Ben? What? Sometimes Jerry Ford would say things that didn't serve him well. And there was an occasion, that occasion being the second debate. And this was in October. So we're getting pretty close to election day. Ford stumbles when he asserts that there is, quote, no Soviet domination of Eastern Europe and there never will be under a Ford administration. And he goes on to say that uh, he didn't believe that the uh, Polish considered themselves dominated by the Soviet Union. Uh, and he also made a couple of other comments about some Eastern Bloc nations. And it's just like, whoa, whoa, Gerald, Gerald, come on. They're communists. They're the Legions. enemies. And the Soviet Union is our enemy. And you've just kind of spoke not truthfully, or at least ignorantly. Yeah, I like to think it was ignorantly, but who knows? Politicians, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting thing about this election was the first ever, I mean, we're pretty used to it nowadays, but the first ever vice presidential debate took place. And so Bob Dole and Walter Mondale are, um, you know, debating and everything. And uh, the Republican ticket takes a few hits because Dole is like, well, we're not really prepared. Our, our military, we're definitely not prepared. And, uh, well, it's the Democrats' fault. And all the wars that we fought, Democrats' fault. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Dole won't let America go into war again. Yeah, Bob Dole won't do this and Bob Dole won't do that. So, And for those of you don't, who don't know Bob Dole too well, he likes to refer to himself in the first person. So, Yeah. We should have Bob Dole on the show. Everybody send Bob Dole Twitter messages. Yeah, we're going to talk about him a couple of times mm -hmm. in the upcoming years. So Gerald Ford, he's doing all kinds of campaigning. And it's kind of interesting because he did a series of TV appearances with Joe Gary Giola Sr., who was a former baseball player with the St. Louis Cardinals. And uh, he was doing some announcing for NBC sports at this time and Garagiola and Ford uh, were going on tour and they people were like this is the Joe and Jerry show <laughs> <laughs> um, needless to say uh, the two of them forged a, a really good friendship and that continued years into the future so Jason we've talked about who the candidates were we've talked about the nominations we've talked about lots of stuff it's kind of a, like a really simple election. So I guess we can just get to the results, right? Yeah. All right. So election day was November 2nd. And it was about 3.30 in the morning Eastern time that NBC said, okay, Carter just won Mississippi. And he's got the 270 electoral votes that you need. And everybody's like, yay, Carter wins. And if you're like in Hawaii or something. It's kind of a bummer because, well, they already announced the winner yeah. by the time your your state was announced. But anyway, uh, yeah, Carter wins. 
Yeah, so the electoral vote was actually really close. It was the closest one since 1916. And Carter had carried 23 states and got 297 electoral votes. And Ford got 27 states and got 240 electoral votes. So Carter actually gets less states and more votes. And that's, again, just the magic or whatever you want to call it, of the Electoral College. Right. Yeah, you can really see the case for having the Electoral College when you see how close the popular votes. And this just happens time and time again, where you know we're running 48% to 50%. And uh, well, in this case, it was 48 to 50. But we, we see that theme where the pop- popular vote is pretty close just about every time. Even though... The popular vote was only two points different, which we see that theme over and over again, where it's only a few percentage points with the popular vote. Uh, This was still 57 electoral votes difference, which is the closest that it had been in such a long time. Um, You can see where the electoral vote really makes it decisive, which is, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, there really would have only been uh, a few different votes for things to go the other way. Uh, It looks like 3,687 votes in Hawaii plus 5,559 votes in in Ohio. If they had gone from Carter to Ford instead, then Ford would have won the election with uh, more electoral college votes. Uh, So, I mean, I know that, what is that, a total of about 9,000 votes seems like a lot, but in the scheme of the the nation, it's really not. So just a little bit can swing you one way or another. And that's why, well, that's why they're called swing states, right? I I didn't, I never heard Hawaii called a swing state, but Ohio certainly is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, all the the strategy that goes into this, they've got it narrowed down to counties that are like, you know, we need to win this county because this is a swing county within a swing state. So Mm -hmm. it's pretty crazy stuff. Hey, if you guys want to swing the vote over towards us, you can head over to iTunes and leave us a review because on iTunes, there's a lot of visibility for us. And to get that visibility, we need people to listen to the show, to subscribe. If you're not subscribed, could you go ahead and just do that? And to uh, leave reviews that are positive and talk about how cool Jason and I are and how you want us to be your best friends and stuff. So uh, if you leave us a review, we will greatly appreciate it. And we'll probably read it sometime on the show. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media channels. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Election College. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.